Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Jack. Jack O'Hara. Boy, you asked me some interesting questions, my man. It's a great question, Jack. Jack, hey, it's Josh Ryder. Hey there, Jack O'Hara. It's Johnny Damon. Jack, you had questions for me. Jack O'Hara? Absolutely. This message is for Jack O'Hara. Jack, how are you? Hey, Jack. Jack, hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, Jack? Uh, listen, man, you know, you, you, you asked me a couple questions. Broadcasting around the world, you're listening to The O Show. In the show and uh, doing your thing, I mean, you've got some pretty big name guests. I've seen your, your stuff, so congratulations on your success. Jack O'Hara. Much nicer guy than Conan O'Brien with much better interviewing skills. Don't forget to share this episode on your social media. Now, let's get to it. I'm so bummed. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's definitely going to break up with you. She's definitely going to break up with me. Should have used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick. I thought you said TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today. Jack O'Hara, and this is episode 359 of The O Show with Mile High Sports writer, podcast, friend of mine from the MLB Winter Meetings, Mr. Cade Walker. Thanks for coming in studio, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jack. It, year and a half, maybe, since the last time we saw each other. We went, so to give people kind of a brief story, we met at the uh, Major League Baseball Winter Meetings in San Diego two winters ago. It was in December. We were able to uh, interact with some of the guys that we grew up idolizing almost, right? Yeah, for sure. How was that for you, you know, going into it? Because for me, I immediately walked into, because we signed up for the minor league portion of it. We were both affiliated with this network called Belly Up Sports. We have both since moved on from. But when I first walked into that hotel and I immediately saw Bryce Harper and his dad, Reggie Jackson, Joe Girardi, all of these big-time media personnel and former Hall of Fame baseball players, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom and pump myself up a little bit. I was, like, throwing water in my face. I'm like, oh, my God, like, I'm going to have to, like, again, like, build up the courage to talk to these guys. Because when I walked in there and saw them for the first time in person, I'm like, this is what it's all about. Like, it's make or break. What was it like for you when we first went in there? Yeah, it was the same thing. It was, like, just getting thrown directly into the deep end of the pool. Like, I mean, you see, like, Kenny Rosenthal just darting around the whole place, like, every now and then. You see, um, like, Dan O'Dowd, I talked to him. Um, I mean, just guys like that that I'm like, man, like, because I'm from Colorado, so I grew up a Rockies fan. So I see Dan O'Dowd. He was the general manager while I was, um, you you know, growing up watching the Rockies. I'm like, man, that guy guy built the team that I, uh, you know, grew up watching. Um, And then, you know, other guys like like, um, Jack Flaherty was there for a minute and, I remember we were watching, uh, I think, Dan O'Dowd and uh, Tom Verducci talk on MLB Network, and then, like, about three feet behind us, just Scott Boris walks by, and I'm like, well, that's Scott Boris. That was the one picture I took that entire week. I'm like, I'm not going to be a fanboy. I'm going to talk to these guys as professionals, but Scott Boris was the one. I'm like, he just signed Garrett Cole to the Yankees, which is my favorite team. We got to be there for that when the news broke, and uh, I was like, Mr. Boris, can I take a picture? I'm like, thanks for signing Garrett Cole. Thought we were going to win a World Series, but 
I guess the Tampa Bay Rays are just that better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, man, yeah. That that uh that was a good year for the Rays. They um, they're, they're a good team. You know, they uh that whole analytics thing. I, I talked about that on my podcast with the the decision to pull Blake Snell. Um, but you know, that's sort of my area of of you know talking about baseball, and, and especially it's especially relevant when it comes to the Rockies is um, looking at how much teams use analytics now and. Um, how, or how little they do in the case of the Rockies and um, kind of evaluating there. And, you know, a guy like, like Scott Boris, um, I, I mean, he's, he's been good for baseball because, you know, he, he has all these, these big-name guys like Garrett Cole. And um, Garrett Cole is, uh, is particularly interesting because, you know, he was with the Pirates and he was, like, you know, kind of middling, moves to the Astros, um, goes, goes through a, a whole revolution um, in terms of building, rebuilding his pitcher's profile, in terms of his spin rate and all that, and um, he's obviously one of the most dominant pitchers in the league. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's sort of my 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 take on on things is, um, you know, analytics, looking at data, and uh, it, you know, it was, it was really cool talking about like Dan O'Dowd, or talking with Dan O'Dowd at the winter meeting specifically because he was he was on the forefront of things um, in terms of of data and analytics and. Uh, and I think that was part of the reason why the Rockies were so successful during his tenure and why they've since fallen off a cliff. How long have you been with Mile High Sports? Uh, I, I started working with Mile High Sports last July. Um, so coming up on, on a year here in a little bit. So uh, I've been hosting uh, 20th and Blake, which is the, the Rockies podcast for them. Yeah. I've been doing some, some writing for them well for uh, like the Denver Nuggets. So I definitely focus on, on basketball as well, NBA stuff. Um, but I, I do host a, a twice a week podcast, uh, 20th and Blake for them. How's that going for you? It's great, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of freedom, um, to talk about what I want. Uh, so it's, it's been, it's been really cool having, uh, that, that creative freedom and, uh, being able to be, uh, close with that team just to, to follow them, um, through, you know, what's, what they're going through with, uh, and, and this off season was particularly eventful because of the, blockbuster trade of Nolan Arenado. Um, so, you know, I kind of anticipated that last season, um, you know, with that shortened season. And I'm like, man, the Rockies aren't good. They're not going anywhere. Um, they're, uh, uh, so there was, there was a, before last season, they talked to uh, Dick Monfort, the owner. Right. And he was saying, well, yeah, next year we're going to win 91 games. I interpolated the data, and uh, interpolated was was a, a funny word that people were like, "What is? What is? Do you even know what that means?" So he said, "Yeah, we're going to win 91 games this year." And that was before the pandemic, obviously, shut everything down. But they ended up having a terrible season, um, and were essentially forced to trade away Nolan Arenado uh, because uh, they promised that they were going to build a better I totally team around forgot him. Forgot about that. I wasn't yeah. even going to ask you that until you just brought it up. My condolences. <laughs> Yeah, it's gotta be um, awful. It it was awful as 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 a fan, but as also you know someone who you know appreciates Nolan Arenado and what he brings to the game. It's like you know good for him. Now he go, gets to go play with uh, a team that is willing to put a team around him to contend. So he gets to play with somebody like Paul Goldschmidt, um, and you know not to not to knock necessarily the Rockies roster, but man like. The team building was just just really bad over there. And now on his way out is probably Trevor's story this off season, um, either this off season or near the trade deadline. So, well, that stinks for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Though you could be us, almost a guarantee to win the World Series every year, and then you just blow it in the division series. 
That's where we're at. The Yankees are now the Dallas Cowboys, essentially. The MLB's Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is our year, and then then it's not. Um, see, I, I I I definitely follow the Yankees closely because uh, they're like a Rockies varsity, right? You get, you exactly. Get, um, Mike Talkman. We for just a little bit gave away got, Mike Talkman for yeah, whatever reason. For I, I, Willie Peralta of all people. Yeah. See, I looked at the the numbers behind that. Willie Peralta, like he's fine. Like he he had good numbers. Good he's not the sock underlying man. data, but I don't understand. No, I feel like Talkman was a little bit too steep. Like Talkman was great. Um, plus defender, plus uh, hitter at the play. I don't, I don't understand that. But I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you guys pulled other Rockies like um, DJ LeMahieu as well, and that was the, that was the more notable one. People are saying Trevor Story might go there next. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely follow the Yankees from a distance. But oh, Ottavino was there, had that stint there as well. He was awful. <laughs> yeah, I did not. I was not shocked at all. I mean, I was a little shocked that they traded him to Boston, but I wasn't upset about it. I'm like, all right, he's just their problem now. Have fun with Adam Ottavino. All the potential, but that slider just hangs. We talked to uh, Kyle Bodie about it when we went out to uh, uh, drinks that night afterwards. After one right. of the nights, we saw Kyle Bodie, and he was hosting that party that we were invited to. And I was like, what the hell is going on with Adam Ottavino's slider? Because he gave up all the big hits in that series to Houston in the 20, uh, I think it was 2019 ALCS. And he was just like, I don't know, dude. Like he he was pretty out of it at that point at that time of the night. But yeah, it was near the end. Remember those uh, those lime scooters that we rode there? Yes, yeah, yeah. We uh, we rode the lime scooters there, and then uh, we, I think Jeremy met up with us. Jeremy there. Bush, shout mm-hmm. out to Jeremy Bush. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, <laughs> then we walked back, and that was uh, that was fun because <laughs> we right. You were there. Yeah, you were, I tell this to, to a lot of people. So we were standing on a corner in downtown San Diego, and in my head, I'm like, San Diego is the most perfect place in the entire universe. But there was this one part that was just not not too uh, a little suspect, right? You know, it was 10:30, 11 o'clock at night. We decided to walk back to either the hotel where they're holding the meetings or our own hotels, right? And we were a good 25, 30 blocks away from where we were supposed to be. And there was just this one guy. And I'm sure a lot of people have had this experience with people just on the side of the street that are just not all mentally there. You know, I don't, I don't want to, like, pounce on the guy. But he came up to the three of us. Or he didn't come up to us, but, you know, he had a skateboard and he was waiting at the intersection with us. And for whatever reason, right, he targeted me, right? Like, you, just something triggered inside of his brain to say, like, I don't like this dude walked up to me, spit on my jacket, put out his cigarette on my jacket, and then just turned and was waiting for the uh, interstop, right? So we're just like, okay, that was weird. Skates away, and we're, wa- we're continuing to walk in the same direction he's walking, and he notices, and he turns around, and he just starts screaming at the top of his head, like, you motherfucker, like, you... And I'm, we're all looking at each other. We're like, what did we do? Like, did we say something, like, behind this guy's back? Like, what set him off? And I think we all realized right out of the get-go, like, okay, there's something off about this guy. Like, it's not us, it's him. And about three or four times, he kept coming back. I'm like, this guy's going to kick my ass. Like, this is the night it ends. Like, okay, it's pretty dark. This is, you know, uh, you know, the height of my professional career, meeting some of my idols. You know, like, you talk about Dan O'Dowd, Jack Curry with the DS Network and the Yankees was with me. Great guy. You met him as well. Um, and that was it, you know. And we actually went into a restaurant <laughs> And, they were, and they're like, oh, how many? And we're like, oh, no, we're just going to wait here because there's some crazy guy trying to murder my friend. And they're like, yeah, we get that a lot. You know, give it 10, 15 minutes. We understand. And that was it. But I was genuinely very scared that night. Oh, definitely. Me too. I was like, man, what, is, what does this guy want? Like, what is he doing? And, um, I mean, I guess like we, like we were, you know, walking from 
we were in, I think, Chinatown walking back to Gaslamp District. And I mean, we were all like dressed up and everything. And um, so I, I don't know. I mean, it was it was definitely a scary experience because we we just kind of had to book it at that point. We were like, we should just we should just get out of here. So, yeah, definitely a scary experience. But um, it was uh, it, it was definitely like it, that was it was like thrilling in a bad way on that sense. But it was, you know, equally as um, as thrilling, you know, being being there so it was just a, kind of a roller coaster of emotions that whole that whole week that whole week was awesome like the stress level obviously like going oh, there absolutely. every day we're like all right we got to network with people like it's make or break if we don't make a good impression like we can't come back yeah like with you with dan o'dowd he was awesome he gave you a few minutes of his time you recorded on your phone like back then we would record podcasts with our phone and the voice memo apps i did the same with jack curry uh, you asked him about Neil Walker at the time, who wasn't inducted in the Hall of Fame. It was his final year on the ballot, and now he's in. Yeah, in yeah. Jeter. Yeah, Larry Walker. Uh, he, uh, yeah, he barely made it that year. That was um, that was definitely a, a fun experience because uh, he's the first Rocky inducted in the Hall of Fame. Um, so, uh, my, uh, shout out to my buddy Manny Rondawa at MLB.com. He works does some stat cash work. Um, so Manny made a big push for Larry Walker Hall of Fame. Like he he was on Twitter tweeting out something every day like this is why Larry Walker should be in the Hall of Fame. And he got in by three votes. So it, it's definitely very likely that without Manny's push, without his influence around um or around the media circles that Larry Walker might not be in the Hall of Fame. So it, it was his last year on the ballot and Jack Curry did end up uh, end up voting for Larry Walker and that was really cool. Um and I asked him um I think that same day just just a quick question after um after you interviewed him for a minute, I asked him about Todd Hilton uh, for the Hall of Fame, who's still on the ballot, um, hasn't gotten in yet. But um, I asked Jack Curry, I'm like, so Larry Walker, right? He's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And then I'm like, well, what about Todd Hilton? He's like, mm, well, I'm not really convinced on that one yet. But as soon as his ballot came public that year, Todd Hilton was on the ballot. And I was I was very, uh, very surprised and also also very happy to see that. So I mean, we'll see what happens with them. Jorge Posada had one year on the ballot. One year, he didn't get the certain percentage that he needed didn't to stay on. Didn't hit the threshold, on. yeah. That sucks, because he, he was the Yankees' franchise catcher for almost 20 years. You know, part of the core four with him, Pettit, Jeter, and Rivera. Right. There's no respect there. Yeah. I personally was not a huge fan of Jorge Posada. I watched him as a kid towards the tail end of his career. Bases loaded, one out. Base, or runners on first and second, one out. Automatic double play almost every single time he came to the plate. Like, this guy is an automatic out. He is a cancer to this lineup. We need to get rid of him. And it got to the point where he didn't want to retire, but the Yankees are like, we're not bringing you back. He's like, well, I'm going to go to another team. They're like, no, you're not. He's like, yeah, no, I'm not. I'll just retire. And that's what happened with Jorge Posada. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think what Pettit's still on the ballot too, right? And he's, he hasn't. He's got to be up there, one of his final. Him and Roger. Because Roger and Barry, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens yeah. are the two that like it's half and half some people are like they're steroid guys they can't go in others are like two of the greatest players of all time Barry Bonds is the home run king still you know I personally think he should get in I personally think he will get in in his final year but I guess time will tell yeah yeah I mean yeah you have those two guys that you know Clemens and Bonds would undoubtedly be Hall of Famers if they didn't take steroids right because they're both just hovering about 60 65 percent every single year um, no huge gains, no huge losses. So they're just sitting there at their percentage on the ballot every year. Um, and, um, man, I, I, if I personally had a ballot, I mean, I'd put them in. I, they, they deserve it. Uh, you know, baseball, their all-time hits leader, all-time home runs leader, neither of them are in the Hall of Fame. And that's, uh, I feel like that's sort of an indictment on how narrow the Hall of Fame is, how strict the, uh, the standards are 
for like the writers to put in, uh, you know, Hall of Famers. And man, it, you know, people have that that ideology of small hall, and that's why Larry Walker almost didn't get in. He, you know, got in by three votes on his last year on the ballot. And you know, you look at the guy's career, and I mean, he won an MVP. He was dominant for one of the one of the best seven-year stretches of anyone in the '90s, 2000s, um, in an era where people were taking steroids, and Larry Walker never took steroids. He just played at Coors Field. So, yeah, I think you know, my personally, my personal ideology when it comes to the Hall of Fame is. You know, open it up a little bit more. You talked about Jorge Posada not even, you know, staying on the ballot for, um, for more than a season. And I feel like, you know, a, a guy like that, probably not a Hall of Fame player, but I mean, he at least deserves some more consideration. So you obviously from Colorado, kind of change subjects here. You, you met in San Diego. What the hell are you doing here? Right. Okay. So um, I. So I initially went to Metropolitan State University of Denver. Uh, that's where I was attending when, uh, when we met. And I transferred to go play baseball at the Masters University in Los Angeles. Um, that doesn't explain what I'm doing here, though. Um, so Get to the damn point, Cade. <laughs> so uh, my, my brother, uh, he moved out here to play high school at Corona del Sol. Um, he's a very good player, probably a legitimate prospect. He's, he's going to go Division One somewhere. So um, he moved out here to play. And it was kind of uh, just a, a cool thing, like for my family. So I get to I get to play summer baseball out here because the summer yeah. baseball out here is fantastic. Um, Arizona baseball is amazing. Um, so I'm going to be out here. I'm going to play in the Arizona Collegiate Woodbat League. It's going to be very competitive for sure. Absolutely. I feel like Arizona and California, especially like this is where the talent is, for the most part. For sure. For there, sure. There's a lot of talent that doesn't even get a chance out here. Like that's how deep the rosters are. No, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I mean, it's like the hotbeds for, for baseball talent in the United States is, is like California, Arizona, Texas, Florida, a little bit of Georgia. Um, but those, those are really the hotbeds. And if you look at summer leagues, like the most competitive summer league, absolutely 100% Cape Cod. That's the best summer league um, up in uh, like Massachusetts area. 100%. Um, mm-hmm. And then, then you have uh, the Coastal Plains League. Uh, Northwoods. You, uh, Northwoods. Those, those are like just below Cape Cod. Those are great leagues as well. Um, and then I know there's a league up in Alaska that's also very the Alaska competitive. Alaska league too, just sun, 24 hours a day. Yep. I almost yep. interned there as a play-by-play voice, and I'm thinking like, is my sleep schedule just going to be off all summer long? Like, how are we going to work and then get up? Like, I'm probably going to wake up every two hours thinking I got to be somewhere because it's always <laughs> sunny. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I have, I have a couple guys from my team playing up in um, up in Alaska um, this summer as well. So, but I had an opportunity. I had a coach out here. Um, he coaches at uh, Arizona Christian University out here, so he reached out to me. He's like, "Hey, um, let's you know get you on the team this summer." I'm like, "Okay, cool. Well, I'll be close to my family, be able to um, work out and you know make make gains over the summer, and then uh, play in a fairly competitive league." So um, that that just ended up working out fairly well. How has the atmosphere been at Masters through what two years now? You've been there. Uh, this this was my first full season there. So because COVID hit. Right. Yeah. 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 Lost uh, lost my freshman year. Uh, but I did. I did keep the eligibility, so I do have another another year if I want it. It'll be a super senior. Right. Yeah. That would. Uh, that would. That would It'll be, be one nice. One of those know? kids. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny is we had a guy on our team this year, uh, 25. He was 25 no years way. old playing college baseball. Yeah. Um, that he, shouldn't be allowed. No. I mean, he he redshirted, um, went and played JUCO somewhere, got a year back because of COVID, so he ended up being 25 this last season. Um, so he's going to go play, I believe, in the Mexican Professional League. Um, I, but potentially this summer, I, he, he's going and trying out. He's he's fantastic. Like, you know, um, my school it's NAIA, right? 
Um, so you know, you you compare NAIA to like other divisions, and you know maybe maybe the talent level isn't the greatest, but uh, like perception-wise, it's actually it's actually pretty good. From our from our school, we have this kid. Um, his name is Aaron Shackelford. He's in the uh, the Pirates organization now. Um, I think he's in high A. Um, that same year, we had a kid, uh, Rob Winslow. Actually, he uh, helped coach a little bit this spring for us, but he's uh, in Modesto right now for. Um, for the Mariners organization, so I mean, we get pro guys out of our out of our school for sure, out of our um, our organization. I went to the Angels game last week. Ironically, Albert Pujols' last game as an Angel. Um, that stunned me. Yeah, that that was that was definitely shocking. Uh, but the kid um, Ho, uh, Jose Rojas for the Angels, he went to Vanguard University, and they're in our conference. So you know, you do get very very high level competition in NAIA, specifically in our conference, the GSAC. Um, so you know you get you get good good quality players. So yeah, this was my first year there. Um, I ended up with a two three ERA, so so pretty low. Didn't uh, I'm didn't... Cade? Look at me. <laughs> um, I, I was in the bullpen, didn't throw as many innings as I thought I could have, but you know you know it was it was a good season, it was productive, and I think I think it'll be a good. Move it's still forward. your start, right? Like there's probably some veterans on that roster that will get more playing time starting out. You kind of you kind of have to make a name for yourself. Right. Yeah. So this was a weird year. We had like 43 kids on our roster, which we've never carried, or at least the, the coach told us they never carried more than like 30, 32. But they had a bunch of seniors come back, and they had a big freshman class. So it was just um, just a perfect storm. We had a lot of guys, so a lot of seniors on the team. So uh, we I think we lost five of our position players this year because they were seniors or super seniors, um, and like half of our pitching staff. So. Are you? Is your goal to be a pro baseball player, or are you just playing to prolong your career because you love it? No, man, I I love baseball. Um, I'm not. I don't think I I want to play past college. I mean, if the opportunity arises, um, you know, I, we'll cross that bridge when it when we come to it. You know, like if you had um, an opportunity to get signed and get that 500k right out of the get go, you would. Yeah, probably. Honestly, um, if if that was on the table, I would consider it for sure. Um, but right now, my goal is to. Uh, jump into either a front office for a baseball team or go into scouting. Um, so I'm going to try doing some scouting work out here in the summer for Arizona for PBR. So I've talked to them a little bit. So uh, that's that's where I'm at. So you want to be out here long term then? Um, I mean, maybe not, but we'll see. Like, I love Arizona. I would love to be out here long term, but it's just wherever it takes me. But for this summer, um, since I'm going to be out here, I already talked to um, some guys out here so I can do some internships, some um, some scouting out here all, while I'm while I'm here. The so. scouting, the analytics—you could be the next Trevor Bauer. You don't even know it. <laughs> hey, I mean, I love I love Trevor Bauer. I love what he brings to to Major League Baseball. I think that's exactly the type of direction that baseball needs to go. Um, in terms of you know, we're getting as much information as possible. We're developing developing these players with an intended goal in mind, with all this information. And you know Bauer is a, a great representative for that. I mean, I love watching his YouTube channel. I mean, he talks about um, you know how to fix or how to increase your spin rate, how to you know throw different pitches. So it, you know he's kind of a hybrid of you know we're, we're developing guys um, in the physical aspect and the coaching aspect, and also you know looking at the data and, and applying that. So you're gonna go to Colorado for the All Star game because. For those that don't know, the Major League Baseball All-Star Weekend or Week, Home Run Derby and everything, got moved to Denver as opposed to Atlanta. Atlanta, because they're still it got political over there, which I still don't really understand the whole meaning of that. But Home Run Derby at Coors Field, sign me up for that. 
you yeah. know? That's, yeah. that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. So um, I'm not sure if I'm going to get out there yet. I'm going to talk to my high sports, see if I can get a credential out there for sure. Um, that's that's definitely a goal. Um, so, with, man, with the home run derby, uh, I, think, I think it was 98 when Coors hosted the, the All-Star game last time, King Griffey Jr. won. So since then, uh, Colorado Coors Field, they've expanded their fences a little bit, put up, uh, they call it the Breidich Barrier after the former GM of the Rockies, who just resigned a couple weeks ago, thank God. <laughs> Have they trimmed the elevation yet? <laughs> no, but, but what they do is they store their baseballs in a humidor, um, so it sort stupid. of attempts to you know minimize the, the elevation effects. And, <clears throat> um, yeah, there's, there's, I have some issues with the humidor because... So, yeah, the ball does fly less when it's hit, but when when it's pitched, um, there's a reason why Rockies, Rockies, Rockies pitchers typically aren't the greatest, at least their numbers. Like, you have some outliers, like Kyle Freeland had an amazing year a couple seasons ago. Herman Marquez had a great season a couple years ago. Um, but generally, it's tough to pitch at Coors Field because your ball doesn't move as much. See, I was from Colorado. I developed a knuckleball out in Colorado, and it was... You know, it was it was fairly effective at elevation, but man, moving to sea level, it you can definitely tell the difference with how much it moves. Um, so, you know, Rockies pitchers have to make that constant adjustment from, you know, throwing at elevation where nothing moves very much, and then throwing on the road where things do move. So, uh, and that's that's why hitters are discredited at Coors Field because you know they hit half of their games at Coors Field, um, but then you know they go on the road and they they face completely different. Um, you know, pitching styles. You see, I, I think I talked to Eno Saris, ironically, yep. at the uh, the baseball winter meetings, and he's like, "Yeah, I mean, Rockies players face about 80% fastballs at home, and then about 50% fastballs on the road, so they have to constantly make that adjustment." And he said it. He estimated it took off about nine to ten wins off of their schedule every year in a full 162 game season. So, um, yeah. Um, but talking about the the home run derby, the All Star game, I hope they turn off the humidor. For the home run derby, so we can see guys like uh, Vladimir Guerrero, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton just just put balls. They're just... going to break the monitors, like the LED boards oh, out yeah. in deep left field. They're going to clear those bleachers. Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope so. That's uh, that's my hope, and that's it's going to be an eventful all-star game if they do. Uh, because, you know, you've seen monstrous performances from these guys in years past, and I, I hope, you know, a couple of these guys comes back. Um, specifically Guerrero. I, I want to see Guerrero. That'll be fun. When we go to Nashville in December, what, what's our game plan? Man, I mean, I mean, we're all we'll already have our feet wet. You know, we went a couple years ago in San Diego, so Chuck the nerves out. Yeah, dusted off the cobwebs. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think we should? Uh... Apparently, the crime rate is rising there, so we may huh. see a few more uh, triggered people on the side of the street. <laughs> It'll be fun. But yeah. We'll know who to talk to. Again, we we got our we got our you know cuts down. Yeah, definitely. It should be good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll <laughs> see if I can make a make a push for for Todd Helton Hall of Fame this time around. You know, Jack, instead of Larry Jack, what Walker. Do you think? Jack, yeah, come on. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that that'll be uh, th- that'll be good. I mean, I, I wanted to go last year when it was supposed to be in Dallas, Dallas but that that yep. got shut down. That'd have been um, easy. I was supposed to go to the Hall of Fame induction for Derek Jeter and Larry Walker in Cooperstown before that got shut down. That's going to be this July, right? I think, do it? I think so, but I think, I think that one's supposed to be virtual. I'm not sure if that one's uh, like the full, the full thing um, that they usually do up in Cooperstown, that full celebration. I'm not sure. That's what, I, that's what I saw, but we'll take a look. But I was supposed to go that year, and that would have been, that would have been uh, an experience for sure. 
Should be fun. Can I count you in for being in Nashville in oh, December? Yeah. Let's do it. Did you enjoy your time on the show? Definitely. Good, because you're not coming back. <laughs> Cade Walker, thanks for joining the O Show. This is episode 359 of the O Show. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.